Hi, Paul. Hello, Janina. <laughs> this is my voice today. <laughs> I'm trying to do as little talking as possible, but I'm sorry. And that's why we haven't released a podcast in, I think, two weeks. In two weeks. Yeah. Well, I haven't had a voice. I have not been the voice of 5G. <laughs> and I've not been in Stockholm until this yes. week either. So I've yes, been, been flying around the world talking to analysts about everything that's happening in 5G. Ah. And, exciting uh, news, Paul. Tell uh, us about that. Well, exciting news. So uh, I was in London. And we, uh, my, my day job is uh, uh, working with the industry analyst community. Exactly. So that's, those are the guys that uh, look at all the things that are happening and uh, you know, write reports for, that are picked up by, by governments, by regulators, by CSPs, operators, you know, anyone that wants to understand what's happening and maybe use it for planning their investments and things, yes. they go to analysts. And, you're and we are the people that the analysts come to to say, well, what's, you know, you're, you're a company that's making stuff for 5G, what are you up to? Um, and your um, role is a little bit also like you do in this podcast. You do explain a lot of things and try to put things into context, right? We do, yeah. But, uh, but just to be clear, it's normally not me doing the presenting. <laughs> <laughs> so you're but, in the background. But I sit there and listen and see if I can learn things to, to talk about on this podcast. Yeah. So you, you're and a go-between between the experts and the analysts. The, yeah, I'm a, go I, I'm a go-between. I'm a, I'm a gopher. <laughs> Very glamorous, but, uh, Paul. But you, I mean, you and, get and, uh, to go around the world. Yeah, I, I do, and I sometimes feel you know I don't really know that I want to be flying around the world. But uh, we, what we try and do is in, instead of flying hundreds of analysts to come and talk to us in Stockholm, mm -hmm. we take a small team of people over to so we we have them in different places around the world and go to them. Um, so we we get to fly, but they get to sit at home and. Uh, Come in and come in from their office to talk to us. So that's so that's nice. And this last time it was in in London. Uh, so we have had one in London and one in Boston. Ooh. And for yes. for anyone that knows me back in England, that's Boston, USA, and not Boston, Lincolnshire. <coughs> <laughs> so maybe we should try one there. I don't I don't know. There's many analysts based there. I didn't know it was two Bostons. Yeah. 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 Uh, and they were uh, they were both good events. Mm? Lots of questions about 5G. Lots of discussions about 5G industries. Um, what's happening with what's happening with cloud in infrastructure? Uh, of course. And, uh, uh, what's happening with industries and um, uh, the Internet of Things and all those kind of stuff. Lots of cool stuff. Nice. And for this episode, we have the head of 5G commercialization, Thomas Norén coming in to talk to us very shortly. And, uh, and just, of course, to say, this will be our last episode for 2019. Yeah. So we've uh, invited Thomas to come and talk to us to, to, to look back on what has happened in 5G in 2019. And it's been a lot. Yes. Uh, and also look a little bit forward to what's to going to happen what's coming. Yes. in 2020. Yes. And so that will also up. be a lot. <laughs> that will also that's, be that's a lot, my I'm prediction sure. for 2020. Yes. <laughs> a lot will happen in 2020. I'm, qu I'm quite sure we can be sure about that. Uh, yes. But we've been away for a couple of weeks, so maybe we should just have a quick whistle stop before we talk to Thomas. A whistle stop look at what's happened whilst we've been away. Yeah. What has happened? What has happened whilst we've been away? Well, 
maybe we can uh, talk some numbers. Yeah, I mean, one of the last things we said on the, our regular podcast was that coming up is the T-Mobile is going to go live now in December on low bound. Should we start there? Okay, I was going to start with something else, but okay. we'll start. <laughs> let's let's start there. <laughs> T-Mobile and low band. <coughs> yes. Low low band. Um, that's uh, in this case, I think we're talking about six hundred megahertz, but but generally we talk about six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred, and particularly eight hundred, nine hundred. Those are the frequency bands, like where it all started for G, for uh, GSM. Mm. Uh, and of course, the advantage reusing bands. Yeah, mm. reusing bands. But mm. of course, the advantage with a low band is that the signal travels further, or the signal uh, loses less energy when it travels, so you can get better range. Uh, which is really, really good, of course, if you want to provide coverage. Uh, and that's what T-Mobile are doing. They're yeah. introducing uh, low-band uh, 5G. Um, and uh, What's the difference between having 5G on low-band or like have spectrum sharing and just using the 4G bands? Or how, how is that different? Well, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure how they've implemented the 5G on low band, whether they've got it exclusively on low band or whether it's in spectrum sharing. Uh, I have a feeling that when, when, when they can get their hands on it, uh, it, it will use spectrum sharing. But uh, now for, you put 5G on the low band, then you get good coverage, mm -hmm. but a low band has a limited amount of band. Yeah. Uh, so you know, in 28 gigahertz, I can easily get... 200, 400, 800 megahertz of, of uh, spectrum. Uh, I can't get 800 megahertz of spectrum in 600, meg uh, 600 megahertz because that would be everything from zero to 800. So, uh, so you've got much less. So, so it's like uh, a much smaller pipe. So you can't get the same super fast data rates. But what they have done is they've rolled rolled out coverage to I think 200 million people. Up so that you know, the number of people who can sign up and take a subscription, 200 million people have access to 5G in the US. That's, that's, that's pretty good. That's a lot. Uh, and we've also seen AT&T now announce uh, coverage using 800 megahertz. Mm -hmm. um, and they've, they've opened up uh, that band for their network. Yeah. And I know that you were you were surfing there and, and they, they, were, they were saying, well, this is not going to be faster than we have on 4G. Yeah. Um, and I think you, you saw somebody talking about that saying, well, hey, guys, actually, it is faster than my 4G. Yeah, I think it was in Forbes article, yes? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and that's kind of an interesting observation because you've got 20 megahertz. There's that kind of limits how, how much you can push through that. Uh, but 5G is more spectral efficient that means it, it uses the spectrum better uh -huh. uh, so in principle you can get maybe 15 to 20 percent improvement in throughput using your 5g just by having the 5g technology by, by using by using 5g, by using 5G instead of uh, uh -huh. instead of 4g so you get a little bit more so so on a you know for a normal user maybe that's not enough that you would note notice but when you get a bad signal Mm -hmm. 5G should be better at giving. When you, you say like bad signal, you mean like so you, oh, you when you don't have that <coughs> when best you're down coverage. To, <laughs> when you, that's right. When you're down to two bars or one yeah. bar or something on your phone, mm -hmm. then then 5G should be better at, at giving you a good connection or, or mm -hmm. good a good throughput. So although the top maximum you can get is is not going to be better on 5G, significantly better, you can get significantly better throughput 
in poor coverage areas. And this is and one this of the is things we've talked about before. That low band. This is 5G low band. Mm. Well, but that will apply also in 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 mid bands, where we're using 4G today. 4G mid bands, yeah. Mm. So that's where we talked about 5G giving a more consistent experience because when you're using 4G, or when you, you know most for most people, your experience of using the mobile network isn't how fast the fast bits are, because if I mm. if I need to if I need to stream a video and it needs five megabits per second or 10 megabits per second, the fact that the network gives it to me at 100 megabits per second, well, that's nice, but it doesn't actually affect the streaming. It doesn't but, become better. <laughs> but if my network drops below 10 megabits per yeah. second, then then I start seeing dropouts in my video and then mm. I get a bad experience. Yeah. So if I can get a more consistent ex experience, that's better That'd for consumers be uh -huh. uh, without sure. necessarily having to have blazing fast performance. So another plus with 5G, so really a, interesting. So to, that's a, so yeah, as I say, the devil is in the detail. Yeah. Okay, so before we talk to Thomas, let's recap a f on a few numbers. Yes. Uh, which uh, we've seen reported recently now from the GSA, which yeah. is the Global Mobile Suppliers Association. Yeah, so that's a, a non-profit organization that like uh, across the, the the mobile telecom sector. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and uh, they. You can sign up to them, and they publish regu regular reports. Yeah, from all uh, all suppliers and uh, cross platforms, and uh, yeah, they they have now gathered a lot of statistics lately uh, about what's happening in five G. Yes. Um, so what what they tell us is that three hundred and forty two operators are now investing in five G. Okay. Uh, which is a lot of operators, and the two hundred, um, uh, sorry, uh, fifty six. Networks are actually launched using 5G in 31 countries. 800 so yeah, so are are on 4G. Yeah, so that's an, that's obviously an interesting question. How how many is 342 operators investing in mm. 5G? Well, there are 800 operators around the world um, that are using 4G. Yes, um, and they vary from the the big mega operators like China Mobile down to small regional operators in places like the US. Um, you know, there's lots of small operators there, 70 or 80 operators maybe, mm -hmm. in regional operators in the US. So lots of interest, lots still to happen. Then in, in the 4G world, um, they also talk about the number of people using voice over LTE. For So 2G and 3G were basically built as voice networks with, with the cap capability to run some data. 4G was kind of the other way around. It was built as a data network, um, and you need to put special stuff in place called Voice over LTE to be able to use it for voice calls. Yeah. Um, so on the original 4G network, if you wanted to make a voice call, it actually used the 3G network. Ooh. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, Voice over LTE is important because you know that that capability. You know, when you're running a 5G network, a 5G network, you know. First, will fall back to if it, if it if you can't make a voice connection on 5G, it will, it will use the 4G network. So you have to have voice over 4G, voice over LTE in place. Uh, and there, we're, of those 800 LTE networks, 200 of those have voice over LTE now, um, and and about another 70 of those have, are actively uh, looking, uh, planning to install. That's a big step. Then, of course, for 5G. We're going to have voice over 5G. Yeah. 
What and, will happen then? <laughs> and what happens then? And you were you were telling me before about some news on that. So Janina. Oh yes, sorry. <laughs> you got me there. <clears throat> Uh, so yes, I just read that the that uh, we tested it, uh, voice over NR. It's called, which is five G. Yeah. Voice over NR uh, with uh, tested on uh, three point five gigahertz uh, TDD band with MediaTek, which is another chipset supplier that uh, Ericsson is uh, working with. We're working with everyone. So and. Uh, they tested this uh, successfully just a few days ago. So who knew? That's it, that, that's, <laughs> that, that's like my watch. It, uh, it, it, it measures my pulse rate and, uh, you know, and how far I've gone and, and all those other things. And it even tells the time. <coughs> <laughs> so it's going to be like that with your 5G network. It does all these fantastic things for industries and uh, fixed wireless access. And you can surf and do AR and VR and even make phone calls. Yeah. So this uh, interoperability test stand uh, SA, which is standalone, 5G core, IP multimedia subsystems, that's IMS, uh, and also evolved packet system, EPS. Yeah, for yeah, when so SA is not available, because that is, of course, NSA, non-standalone. Non-standalone. Evolved so, packet so core. A nice bit that of was a lot of technology terms there, but I guess I we need say to a nice buzzword salad <laughs> yes. there. Yeah, interesting for us in the business. Let's go over to, or welcome Thomas Norian to the studio and talk 5G, 2019 and 2020. Thomas Norian. Thank you. You, Thank you are uh, our head of 5G commercialization for the entire Ericsson. Yes, that's right. It's lovely to have you here. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about what has happened during 2019 when it comes to 5G. <laughs> our favorite topic, Paul. Our favorite topic. And uh, it has to be said, we couldn't really find a better person than Thomas to, to talk about 5G because... That's what you do. Yeah, you, you are Mr. 5G. I think there are a lot of people who are Mr. and Mrs. 5G. So, no, it's not only me, for sure. No. <laughs> then much wouldn't be done. You know? Well, no. we are the voice of 5G and you're the face of 5G. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's put it that way if you want. Right. No, but 2019, I think, has been, um, I mean, it's been a fantastic year. Yes. I mean, uh, we, we launched the first mobile commercial networks on the same day on two different continents. We launched it in Korea on April 3rd, and we launched it with Verizon on, on April 3rd. And yeah. who was first of them, you know, you <laughs> it depends on how you do, define time, you know, they can yeah. work it out. But we were in both places anyway, so yes. we were good. We yeah. were in two yeah. places at once. That's yeah. pretty yeah. good. <laughs> Yeah, it was yeah. a race there. It was a race Everyone there. Everyone was eager to be first. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a pretty impressive. If you if you go back a few years, the the original plan with standards and everything was to have 5G launched at the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Right. But now it was accelerated by one year. And not only from a standards perspective, but also because, you know, from, you know, uh, network infrastructure, uh, chipsets, devices, 
uh, operate their launch plans, build outs, uh, you know, uh, incredible acce acceleration. And I think it shows that 5G, there's a big demand. Yeah. Uh, there's a big demand. People really appreciate, you know, digital lifestyles, and we just want more and better of it. And I think that's the one of the fundamental drivers for 5G. Yeah. Do, do you think Ericsson had <laughs> some things to do about this, uh, this push towards this acceleration? Yeah. Sure. Yes, actually, we, we had, because we, we, were, we realized that maybe there was, there was a slight risk that mm. the market would diverge, and we saw the incredible fundamental need. Yeah, there was so a lot of talk about 4.5G, uh, 4.9G there for a while. Yes. And 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 we think it was was good that the uh, the industry got aligned around you know one message because that drives you know volume a big ecosystem greater variety for consumers uh, lower cost ultimately so all those things we wanted to achieve and I think we did a good job actually yeah. as as an industry as an industry so the and the the standard took the step that this is going to be a five yes. days and decided that and then. That's what it's now uh, come to reality. Yeah, the the standards that uh, all these companies and and uh, organizations have agreed on. Yeah, uh, and now actually re real life. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, how do you see it spreading over the world? Do you followed it? Yes. No. I I think, and that's also impressive. It's not actually only now in in North America and in 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 uh, South Korea. We have launched. 24 uh, commercial live networks where subscribers can buy a device and buy a subscription and and that device is connected through 5G. I think that's and pretty impressive. And we should impressive. say that this is the, the uh, 19th of December. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> it changes every day. So who knows what will happen on the 10th yes. of December. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It so can be another number next uh, yeah. tomorrow. So, yeah. So is a 5G phone like this year's Christmas present? Uh, <laughs> so that that's a good question. That depends on where you live. And I think, you know, in some markets, you know, if you, if you take South Korea, they are approaching and maybe by this date, they are even they might have passed or passed four million subscribers. Yep. Uh, so it's really taking off there and you can see enormous growth in traffic. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's the average traffic for 5G subscribers is much, much higher. They've launched a phenomenally interesting uh, virtual reality and augmented reality uh, uh, applications, mm -hmm. you know, where you can fo follow your, you know, idol favorites or you can follow sports events from multiple angles. It's, and, it's, and a, it's a rich sports, new use case, yeah. sports, yes. O you know, a lot yeah. of interesting things. Maybe not all of those applications are, you know, transferable to other countries directly, but certainly they've 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 shown the way, I think, and mm. really put up some cool stuff that can be used elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, and but but in other markets, maybe the uptake has been uh, slower. And I think that's still due to the the what we have in almost every generation shift, uh, the initial lack of super attractive devices, but mm -hmm. they are coming. They are coming, you know. One of the big uh, uh, Koreans, uh, well, all all OEMs basically have launched, except one, 
have launched um, 5G devices. <coughs> uh, 5G devices. Yeah. Uh, they are on the expensive side, but we expect those prices to come down. And and China Mobile, for example, uh, at uh, you know at their launch uh, earlier this year, uh, you know they they put up uh, a, a target uh, number of um, about uh, 200. Uh, 200 euros for a 5G device mm -hmm. in uh, uh, end of next year. So I think this will, you know, this market will really take off. And then, of course, everybody's waiting for oh the big thing the the, the big, big thing, thing from from one of the OEMs <laughs> yeah from <laughs> Apple yeah. About, yeah. Not, yeah. not least Janina who's talked yeah. about it several times already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are waiting for that Apple device. Yeah, and. They, uh, during, we also said that during 2020, their phones will have Qualcomm uh, chip. And you have had a close uh, <laughs> collaboration with Qualcomm <laughs> lately. And, uh, and you actually were a speaker at their event in Barcelona earlier this mm -hmm. year. Yeah. So what are they? What are their messages? Now what I are they working on? So, uh, well, first of all, I, you know, uh, we should say that, you know, we, we, we work with all chips vendors. We have very good insights into, you know, how how the, um, the, the overall market is progressing. And, you know, so no matter what you choose, you know, the, the devices will be tested against Ericsson. But Qualcomm, of course, they, they went out and, and they said publicly that they will be the provider to, to the, uh, you know, 5G iPhone that is expected next year. You know, they have to, you know, I, Apple need to talk about their own, you know, products, <laughs> of course, yeah. but, you know, that, that, that you know, was that's public that's information that's at that's least. Yeah. yeah. And they are, I mean, we are, Ericsson is working with Qualcomm uh, now uh, to, uh, and I've tested things like exciting new yeah. things that's coming in the network, like spectrum sharing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And that went very well, right? Yes. So one of, you know, I, I'd like to say that, you know, 5G is, of course, about, you know, a much more efficient network that lowers the cost per delivered gigabyte, you know, super fast speeds, enabling new applications and all that. But it is also a completely new way of building networks. Yeah. And this is, for the first time, uh, operators can leverage their already made investments in infrastructure and in spectrum. So they can reuse 4G equipment and 4G spectrum and run 5G on it simultaneously. That has not been possible before. And a key feature for this is uh, dynamic spectrum sharing, or the Ericsson version is the Ericsson spectrum sharing. Yeah, and that is a 3GPP, part of the 3GPP standard. Absolutely. Right? We, we only use mechanisms in 3GPP. Of course, we think that we have a particularly good um, impl implementation of it. Uh, and we have demonstrated it uh, now uh, together with Swisscom and Telstra and Qualcomm. Uh, and Swisscom went out publicly and said, you know, we, they will build 90% population coverage uh, this year. Yeah, they uh, went out very yes, early. Yes, very early with that. There's not much left of this. No, year. no. So, so they are that. <laughs> no, that's going well. So uh, we, we will do that. And that, I think, is a, a fantastic achievement. Mm. And they do that so they can focus their investments, reuse what they already have, and really add capacity and, uh, and new 5G bands and equipment where it's needed most. So they can both satisfy you know, the needs in rural areas, if you wish, and then build capacity where people use uh, their phones most. Mm. So I think it's a, a fantastic thing, and, th and that we've done together with Qualcomm also. 
uh, and uh, one and other other chips as well. Yes. But Qualcomm <laughs> was very very early on that. Qualcomm was very very yes. early. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, for a while, Qualcomm has been like, oh, they are the biggest provider of chipsets. But I guess more chi- 5G chipsets will come uh, further on, and probably all during all next coming. year. Yeah. Yes, they are yeah. coming. Yeah. Uh, so, but uh, but uh, it's good to hear that you can promise that the. Apple phone will work very well with Ericsson uh, no, network I, equipment. I, I don't want to. I don't want to promise anything, but I do know <laughs> that all chipsets in the market are well tested with the Ericsson gear. That's you know, good. yeah, we have a good program for that. Yes. Another thing that's coming in Qualcomm uh, chip uh, chipsets is uh, the the support for standalone, mm-hmm. right? Yes, that is yeah. upcoming as well. And yeah. Next year, if we look a little bit forward, already now. Yeah. That is going to be a new thing. I, I Absolutely. So I think one of the cool thing, another cool thing with, with 5G is that we are introducing um, a new, what we call core network, um, which again is defined by 3GPP. And with this new network, it will be a lot easier to create new services and new applications because it's 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 built cloud native from the start. It's it's um, service based architecture, as it's called. It's easier to create APIs, so interfaces for other companies to develop applications on top of the five G network, and that is coming. Uh, that's coming next year, and that will that really require to work well. It really requires that you have good five G coverage yeah. and that is mm. coming you know next year we've we've seen it already this year uh, um, t-mobile they they launched on a low band you know so now they have 200 million uh, people population or population coverage with 200 million people that's, and that that's was phenomenal now in December, isn't and it? that was now in December yeah. and, and that's and another that's, co- like that, that, that's like half the population of the US uh, they're more more yeah yeah so I think that's that it's fantastic and I think this is this is another major achievement. So if you compare with 4G, there we launched on two bands to start with. You know, we launched low uh, low band 700 and 2.6. In this with 5G, in the same first year, we launched on low band, initially 600 megahertz in the U.S. We launched on uh, mid bands 2.5 and 3.5 gigahertz and we launched on you know high bands 28 39 gigahertz and the millimeter wave uh, the millimeter wave so this is another i think major achievement so when we go forward when you have all these tools all these bands that enables you to build both coverage and phenomenal performance going forward mm-hmm. and when you have that and you start again then to your back to your point with stand alone and the 5G core network, that will uh, enable more companies, a greater ecosystem to build services and applications on top of 5G. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we want, right? We, 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 do, we do see a, you know enormous uh, demand for uh, even better digital lifestyles. Um, and with this new architecture, it will be easier to build applications that we haven't even thought about yet. I think that's really, really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's that's so exciting as well that we really don't know what will <laughs> take off this, the yeah. the smartphone the, that's, that was that's so exactly revolutionary yeah. back in the for, for 4G. So yeah. what will be? 
I was going to say that's exactly like it was back in 2G. Nobody, nobody <laughs> no. expected SMS <laughs> no. to be the big. For example, no, no. <laughs> yeah, if we no, look a little the, bit, uh, history tells us that uh, trying to predict in advance what's going to be the major application is very difficult. I, yeah. I, I think that is that's exactly right. And I think what we do then, we build. You know, it's a, there's a lot of talk about platforms. We really build platforms for you know, other industries to uh, build on top of the, you know, communications networks. Mm. And there is not no technology that has grown as fast and become as big as mobile communication. Mm. And we see, you know, th that will that will continue in the future also. More short term, though, <laughs> I think another another, you know, talking about 2019, I think it's been um, an, an interesting development that more and more operators realize that they cost efficiently can provide an alternative to uh, fiber or copper lines mm -hmm. with mobile communication technology. So fixed wireless access. Mm -hmm. So if you go back a year, um, there were a little bit more than 100 operators in the world who offered fixed wireless access. Now it's more than uh, uh, the latest figures I saw was 140. So roughly a 40 percent increase uh, in the number of operators that, that offer this. Mm -hmm. And one of the operators I spoke with this summer, they said, you know, look, if we had known and understood that we could use fixed wireless access, use mobile technology for connecting uh, homes and small businesses, we could have saved 50, 60 percent of our, of our fiber uh, build out cost. Enormous. Yeah. A huge amount of money. It's a huge amount of money, and of course, it's not f it's not for every place. You know, uh, mobile networks are heavily loaded in many places. There are there is already fiber in you know too many households. It doesn't make sense to build another technology. But there are a lot of unconnected or underserved homes, mm. and we see you know in not so many years. The government in Norway have announced that they will close down the the, the copper lines. Yeah. They need an alternative then, and of course, fiber will be one alternative. But you know, if you have capacity and speeds over mobile networks that can serve you know uh, some households more efficiently, that's uh, a much better solution. <laughs> so I think that's another exciting thing for the mobile industry, where you know it's it's not going to be. Uh, anything close to the size of the smartphone business, but it will be certainly an important component uh, going forward also. Mm. And mm. that was actually, if we recap the start of 2019, 5G started off with fixed wireless access. In, in because 2018. Even in 2018, mm. yes. Yeah. Because that was when, we, when there was no uh, smartphones. Yes. So 5G is already... Yeah. <laughs> it's already there. Yeah, it's already, it's already yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. built out in, in some places. So, so 140 now operators doing fixed wireless yes. as well. Mm -hmm. but, so but just to clarify, that's not, that's not on 5G. That's, that's not on 5G, no, no. You can well start with 4G, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. But, uh, it's only going to accelerate as 5G comes on stream because okay. of the, 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 the spectrum available and the capacity that, that you have to be able to you know, deliver services to, to consumers. Exactly. And you don't need to be so worried that you don't you won't have capacity enough as the mobile traffic grows. You know, you will with five you add more capacity and speed. So mm. you will have room to offer 
other types of services as well. Yeah, I think, yeah. It's, I think it's interesting because in, in some places, if you if you want to connect to the fibre network, then you have to pay for them to like to dig it into your into your property. Yeah, exactly. And, and, no, so for you as a consumer, it, even if the fibre is, is down the street, it may actually be cheaper for you to say, put up an antenna on my house and give me a fix. Exactly. Instead of, instead of me paying to, to, to dig, dig up, up and trench exactly. a fibre. And in many uh, places, <coughs> you don't want to do the digging. Yep. You know, because, you know, why, why, why destroy a beautiful garden? Or, you know, maybe it's, a, you know, an area where you, uh, um, you know, for cultural reasons, don't want to start a lot of digging. So mm. makes mm. a lot of sense in many places. Yeah. yeah. So you see that uh, as something that's also going to be taking off more next year. Yeah. yeah. I, th I think this trend will just continue. And we as work a lot. Is, is also getting rolled out. Yes. Mm. And we see we work a lot with... with um, uh, CPE vendors, you know, the home gateways and, you know, antennas that you put on your mm -hmm. house, as you say, and more and more companies are entering this and offering good products uh, because there's a demand for this. Mm. So I think that's another positive uh, evolution we are seeing. Yeah. We might need to do a, a podcast episode about the connected home. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that would be really cool. An excellent idea. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think it should, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, that was then the beginning of the year. Then 5G went live, and uh, Ericsson is now live with... Uh, 24. 24. 24. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, how many operators overall in the world are live? So I think... Uh, so I, uh, I, I'm not exactly sure about the total number there, but we have... Uh, the, we are not in every network, obviously, but we do have now around 80 commercial contracts or agreements. So of, if you take, if you make that comparison, you can say we have 24 launched and we have, you know, a lot of more coming. 50, 50 so, something coming. I yeah. think it's uh, something like that. So I think it's, I think it's, uh, uh, it's going to be a very interesting year 2020 as well. There will be, you know, as we already talked about, there will be more exciting and more affordable devices. There will be better rollouts on all spectrum bands, not the least because of we are, you know, we'll have fully commercial Ericsson spectrum sharing where you, you know, as we spoke about, can reuse mm. your already made investments. And, you know, Swisscom will have uh, phenomenal coverage. Um, and you will see build outs in, in, in many places. Of course, also in China. I mean, China, we haven't spoken about China, but China, I think, is a very important market, uh, obviously. Uh, it's the largest 4G market. It's likely to also be the largest uh, 5G market in number of, of base stations. And uh, as, as we speak about, uh, around 50 major cities uh, have uh, 5G service now in, in China. In China. Yep. So so that's pretty ma massive, yep. actually. I think all the three biggest operators went live on the same day. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, yep. Yeah. They went they on the same day. They had 10 million people signed up in advance. Yes. I, I read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, is, uh, that is a huge uh, area there in yes. China. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> which countries do we see coming up soon? When will Sweden get 5G? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Sweden, the situation was a little bit different. We, we, the, the intention was actually to award licenses uh, uh, this year, now in December, but that was postponed uh, because the government uh, or the, um, the authority, uh, the regulator, uh, PTS, uh, 
wanted to, uh, they had to delay the award uh, pending some other legislation mm. uh, that Sweden is going through. So unfortunately, that is, is being pushed down. Because one of the things that you're famous for, Thomas, is that you were the first 4G user. I was actually, <laughs> the, I was n not only you, I was the first 4G <laughs> commercial subscriber, actually. Yeah, yeah that was a... The first network was actually launched here in um, uh, Stockholm, Sweden, where we are today. And um, it was funny. That was on the 4th of December 2009. Mm -hmm. so and it's they, 10 years ago. Yes. Yeah. And they called, they, they called me up in the morning and they said, we want to you know, deliver the first device. Do you have time? And of course, of course I have time. And then they, uh, they, um, uh, they came to my office and uh, they said, we are we're a little bit nervous now. Why? You know, you don't need to be nervous. Well, you know, no, but you are the first one we meet. So <laughs> I know for a fact I wasn't the first 4G subscriber. I'm not the first 5G subscriber, unfortunately, but, oh, you yeah. know, no, no. <laughs> that know. was 10 oh, years yeah. ago. I, I, I remember the, the advertising that Telia used when they launched 4Gs. The, they, they had it plastered on the side of the, side of the buses, and they, they'd actually put, like, 4G modems into the buses. Yeah. And on the side of the bus, it said the fastest bus in the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Those now we take another step, you know, yeah. now yeah, it's yeah, yeah. 10 times yeah. better. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to ha something happening in Sweden next year, at mm -hmm. least. Yes. Mm -hmm. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe they'll launch with the iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> Who will be first, Sweden yeah. or the uh, <laughs> iPhone? Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Should we look a little bit forward to uh, 2020? Is there anything there we want to talk about? I think that's when we're going to see the subscriber numbers take off. Mm. I think that's... Uh, mm. It works like this. Of course, you need to have a network first, then you need to have devices, and then you need to start to sell those devices. So I think that comes natural. Um, and as we spoke about, you know, with more, with a wider range of devices, uh, uh, hopefully then the, you know, 5G iPhone also, so all OEMs have it, you know, uh, we are already seeing very cool devices from other uh, OEMs too. So it's not only about Apple, but certainly that helps. And uh, OEM means origin, well, original equipment manufacturer. Yeah, that's the uh, yes, yeah. Just so we can the device makers. Yes. Yeah, the device makers. Yeah. They're called OEMs. Yeah, yeah. and we're going to see um, smartphone makers. Smartphone makers. Yeah. yeah, and and I think that's that 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 will happen. So yeah. I, I think you will for many of us who who depend on our smartphones and want, you know, to uh, to really have a good performance. I think when we walk into a store next year and there's a choice between a 4G device and a 5G device, I think many of us will pick the 5G device mm. because would. it's I more, <laughs> you know, it's better, more future-proof. So I, I, I think that's going to be a, yeah, a major I, thing next I, year. I, I saw a comment on Twitter from somebody who, who, like, threw out a tweet saying, uh, I'm going to replace my phone. Now, should I be buying a 5G phone to be future-proof? Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, no, that's a, that will be a much easier question to answer like the middle of next year than, yeah. than maybe it is today. Of course, you need to, you know, so it's trade-off on price and yeah. per, you it's, know, it's performance and all that. But, uh, but yeah, but I think there's going to be more choice next year. Yeah. And I think that's going to drive uh, a lot of the uptake also yeah. when one the of, networks are ready. One of the interesting things for me with 2020, we, we talked about standalone. Mm -hmm. And for standalone to happen, it needs standardization, of course. Yes. Uh, but one of the other things that's coming through in standardization for 5G is all the things that we need for 5G for industries. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, and we've seen some very interesting uh, trials and uh, demos and things with 5G. For instance, with uh, uh, manufacturing, yes. people like Mercedes, yes. you know that the standards for that is going to come into place, yeah. and then we're going to see that opening the door for using 5G in non-consumer applications. Absolutely, I think this is uh, is a very good point. So one of the um, one of the uh, key things with with 5G also that it is that it was designed also for. Uh, use cases like um, connecting robots or connecting cars or other things that require really high reliability and short latency. Mm -hmm. And um, we are, it's been very interesting for Ericsson that we, we sell to mobile operators, but many other companies have come to us and say, we really need your technology. We need to connect the equipment in our factories. We have automatic guided vehicles that cannot be connected through fiber uh, uh, for obvious re reasons. We know we have robots that we want to cooperate and interact well with uh, the people who work in the factories. For safety reasons, we, can, we cannot use uh, Wi-Fi. Um, we need capacity. We have so much capacity because we need to have sensors, cameras, very densely. So it's really 5G that we need. Can you help us with this? And that drove a lot of the standard standardization work. And as you mentioned, we've started to deploy the first uh, uh, equipment uh, for this already. So you can start to connect robots and you know have very dense uh, deployments. It enables. Uh, you know, these companies say, these manufacturing companies, they say, you know, uh, phenomenal improvements in, in productivity and safety. You can make digital copies of your entire, of your entire factory. You can simulate the best uh, uh, production flows. Uh, you, can, you can reconfigure your production because, look, today um, there is such a variety of every, of every product. Uh, we as consumers, but also businesses, they want choice. Just I, I, an interesting analogy. When I grew up, there were, you know, you could buy, you know, these fruit joggers in the, in the shop. There were maybe three different flavors. If you go into a store today, there are like 20, uh, 30. You know, it's a 10 times more. And I think this means that you, everything, is more uh, is more specialized mm. and made more targeted, to made to yeah. fit yeah. and and made to what the consumer <laughs> wants. So we are moving away from this super mass production and then you know to uh, to much more targeted. And I think this is one of the reasons why why um, uh, manufacturers want to be able to be much more flexible in their production. Obviously, this is also much more uh, efficient from. Um, from a, a, a resource perspective, natural resource perspective, because you have less waste, uh, you manufacture when it's needed and what is needed. So I think this entire um, need to be much more uh, sustainable in mm. everything we do will also be supported uh, mm. by this technology. So we are very excited to see the first applications of this, and we have a lot of interesting corporations with uh, robot manufacturers, you know, you mentioned with, we have the Telefonica uh, uh, Daimler 
cooperation in in Germany. Mm. Uh, we have it with <coughs> uh, Vodafone and Ego and another. So I think yeah. this is an interesting development. Absolutely, and we're using it in our own factories. And our own, yes, absolutely, yes. yes. So uh, one of our major factories in Tallinn, Estonia, uh, we are introducing it there also, and we are building a new factory in the US which will be based on industry 4.0 as it's called you know which is you know the this hyper integrated uh, super automated uh, factory with connected, fa yeah. connected yeah. factory yeah, yeah. Uh, do, uh, could this be the killer applications that oh well it's not actually the smartphone but it's other areas that will be the 5G uh, base or like the, this big thing about 5G. So I think this is this is the so exciting thing. I mean, the entire society, not only us as consumers, but also uh, businesses, industries, governments are going through an enormous transform digital transformation. So I think factories can be one killer app if you wish, but I think there are many, many more. You know, it's smart cities. Uh, it is uh, more efficient agriculture. That was one of the. I was at the Indian Mobile Congress, and that was one of the things that they talked about there: is the potential of 5G for agriculture in India. Yes, because India's you know, agriculture is such a big part of uh, you know, the in Indian economy. Absolutely, and I think again, this is where we need to be much more resource efficient, sustainable. If we can use our land and our planet in a more efficient way. You know, we, we need to do that. So I, I think this can really, really help. I heard also, uh, inside source, <laughs> 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 that it's one of the cool things about 5G is that your phone, if you have a good connection, then your phone will be need less energy. Absolutely, so yes. That is, that is pretty good yeah. out of a, a sustainability uh, angle. Absolutely. I mean, a better connection will actually... Uh, keep your phone alive longer. And also yeah. reduce less uh, energy in in the network. Yeah. So I also also that, you know, there are benefits from, from yeah. 5G. It takes down the the cost per the energy cost per energy consumption per uh, per bit significantly. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yes. But, but yeah the, particularly thing. the standby you know the standby energy cost on your phone when mm -hmm. it keeps contact with the network. It, you know, there's much less of that on, on the 5G interface. Yeah. So we have a lot of interesting topics here to talk about uh, next year. Yes. So we need to talk about the, the, the industrial applications of 5G and possibly also this energy efficiency. So we got some new podcasts coming up. <laughs> you can run a lot of podcasts for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Now, <coughs> now, before we let you go, mm. uh, we had a podcast, a live podcast on, uh, on LinkedIn with uh, Patrick Seval who, who uh -huh. talk, and, and Gerard talking about uh, the Ericsson Mobility Report. Mm -hmm. uh, and we got a lot of questions. Okay. So we thought uh, we'd uh, put you on the spot and maybe <laughs> okay. ask you some of those. <laughs> okay. <coughs> But I think actually we've talked about some of those already. So the, the first question I'd, I'd take in is, what's the main driver for 5G? And I think we've already talked about a range of things, which uh, like the you know, con consumer services, uh, fixed wireless access, and, in, and industrial applications. All of yeah. those really are things which 5G will cover. So Shankar, thank you for your question. I think we've we've covered off that one. Um, the next question is: Is 5G going to be affordable for poorer countries? Uh, absolutely. Dimitri. Yes, absolutely. And I think, 
again, the fact that we can reuse the already made investments in 4G means that it will be this transition doesn't require necessarily a complete overlay network build-out. And I think that's... When you say already done investments, are you, you're talking about the Ericsson radio system. That, yes. That, that's all already 5G... Uh, prepared, yeah. Yeah, it's hardware prepared, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, right. So, uh, yes, I'm talking about if you have an Ericsson network. Mm -hmm. So, uh, absolutely. And then the return on investment is, is there. Right? Yes, yeah. exactly. But but I think even if, you know, the... the the cost per bit for, for 5G will be lower than 4G. So for, for emerging economies, as their data demands increase, it's actually more economic for them to go to 5G. Uh, yes, I think there's an initial trade-off between you know device availability and cost and so forth, yeah. of course. But over time, um, we absolutely expect that it will be the cheapest technology. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And you're, you're, you're seeing that uh, 5G devices are getting, they are getting lower cost 5G devices. Yeah. Right? So they are not at the point of what a you know, 2G device costs today, of course. Of course. But, uh, but it's coming down, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and then we, we talked about IoT and, and industries. Mm -hmm. And I've got two linked questions here. One from Saeed, who's asked about which IoT applications will use 5G first. And Rachel, who asks which industries will benefit from from 5G first, mm. do, you have, do you have any insights on, on I, I think I think first of all, when it comes to IoT, already with 4G, we introduced um, a new solution or two new solutions um, for IoT. Uh, they are called CAT-M and Narrowband IoT. And they are being rolled out now massively. So with that, for example, you can have a sensor that has a 10-year battery lifetime, you have very, very good coverage. So for those initial applications, uh, we think that that add-on to 4G is really uh, serving the market very, very well for a very, very long time. Yep. So 4G, and 4G will be, a long, be, a, you know, be here for a very, very long time. Um, when it comes to the first uh, other industries and so forth, it's hard to say. You know, we, we, are, we are working in, in various parts of uh, manufacturing. We think uh, transport uh, is, a, is a very important uh, area. Uh, but there are, there are uh, other, other, obviously other uh, sectors that also can benefit from, from, from 5G. So connected uh, cars, connected buses, connected... Uh, I heard connected ferry. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. P we see a lot of demand for por from ports, for mm -hmm. example. So there are a lot of demand for for various industry applications. I would say. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's very hard to say who will benefit first. Yeah. But, uh, but I know that manufacturing, we s we we see big opportunities, uh, connected vehicles, and utilities, and and healthcare. Those, yes. Those four probably are the are the biggest opportunities. Yeah. To look at. They're also large industries in themselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then uh, another question here from I Ishita: How how secure is five G technology? Very very secure. I mean, that's uh, designed it to you know, uh, it, uh, using the latest uh, encryption technologies and and so forth. So from a you know air interface perspective, it's obviously uh, very secure. Then. Um, security is not only dependent on that. Security depends on that you have planned your network, uh, that you have, uh, you know, security-hardened uh, equipment, hardware and software, 
and it's built and that software is built in a in a way uh, that's not prone to to hacking of course and uh, that you also operate and run the the network in a in a secure way yeah so there's a it's, it's a complex question uh, but the fundamental air interface you know uh, you know th this is it's very very secure yeah so so we have good locks it depends on people to yeah. actually use them exactly yes that's yeah. a good analogy yeah yeah um, and then, uh, uh, we, again, when we talk about industries and verticals, that's what we often talk about, uh, enterprises, that's one class of enterprise. Mm -hmm. uh, will telcos, that's to say the mobile operators, will they focus on enterprises and provide industry-specific capabilities? I, yeah. I think how they will do that will depend on you know, different operator strategies, how, how they pursue this. Many, I think, will work with uh, partners, Others have their own system integration units. They can do uh, more themselves. So I think there will be a variety of, of, of uh, choices. And I think it uh, depends a little bit on what kind of brand and strategy that, that they have. What, what I would say, though, is, you know, coming back to and, you know, building further on that security question is that um, enterprise, of course, enterprises and, and society at large demand higher security on 5G than, than it was used for 4G. I'd like mm. to say that you know when we when we connect everything, when our transport system, when our electricity uh, grid uh, is dependent on the mobile network and infrastructure, it really really matters from a security standpoint. I mean, if I cannot download my my um, uh, my, you know, or my bus ticket, you know, or something, you know, when, when I go to work on my phone, then I have a problem. But you basically don't care that much, frankly. Yeah. But if no buses can operate, if the electricity system is down, then it's a big problem for, for society. Yeah. So I think that is why, why the security question is important for en enterprises and, and society at large. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We've, we've got lots of other questions. But those are the ones I've just pulled pulled out to, to, that we could maybe ask you today. So uh, maybe we we look <laughs> forward to a really exciting 5G 2020. Absolutely. Yes. And if you have questions to us uh, at the podcast, contact us on 5G podcast at ericsson.com. That's 5G podcast in one word at ericsson, C with two S's, dot com. Thank you for listening, everyone out there. Uh, happy holidays. And uh, thank you, Thomas and Lorraine. And uh, Happy New Year. And thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me here. Thomas. Yes. Happy and New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> happy New Year. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, I guess we'll see you all, hear you all, listen to you all, talk to you all <laughs> next year. Thank you. And bye. bye. What a great 5G year it's been. It has.
that's that's it for this year. This is the this is the, this is the last recording for this year. That means we have a very important thing to say. Uh-huh. Thank you so very much for all our listeners. It's been a fantastic year talking yeah. to you about 5G. Yes. And we look forward to being back next year for a 2025G extravaganza. Yes. We have so many more topics to talk about and di- deep dives and educational uh, stuff we need to pick up, Paul. Yeah. Yeah. So looking forward yeah. to that. Enjoy the holidays <laughs> and we'll be back in 2020. <laughs>